Should you ever find yourself walking along a marsh or swamp in the darkest hour of the night, you may witness a haunting light over the still water. Over the centuries, it's been called by many names, but the French call it the Foufoulet. The English call it Will-o'-the-Wisp or Jack-o'-lanterns. No matter how you name it, one thing is clear. It's the light of the wicked. Vanessa K. Eccles, and this is Fabled. She stood at the edge of the wood and watched as the yellow, orange, and brown leaves gracefully fell to the ground. The first day of fall never felt so heavy with anticipation. The amount of burden she'd been carrying had become too much. She knew she, like the leaves, needed to let go, release herself from this life. A gentle gust of wind caught her hair and swished her dress around her thighs. The temperature was dropping, but her mind was made up. She'd had to walk this thing out. She had to commit. She stepped inside. First, she took cautious, timid steps. And then she sped up until she found herself running deeper and deeper into the darkening forest. The canopy seemed to be thinning before her very eyes. Leaves rained down around her. With every step she took away from her home, her life, she felt lighter freer like the world was morphing into something better. She wondered if she'd soon forget all the burdens, obligations of her old life. Could she simply cease being the same? Would this sabbatical into the woods release her from the person she was before? Her mind swirled as her legs ran. She only slowed when the sun shone its last light and her new world became impossibly dark. She stumbled, but she caught herself. When she glanced up, she saw several small orbs of light hovering over a swamp. How far had she gone? She couldn't recall the closest swamp. Had there ever even been one? Something about the orbs called to her summoning her closer. Were they a promise or an omen? Her curiosity needed that answer satisfied. She took off her flats and stepped closer, her feet sinking into the wet mud, the cold water sliding beneath her dress until she was chest deep into the swamp, and only feet from the orbs. What are you? she asked. Aloud, as strange as it seemed, she almost expected them to answer. Instead, something, a man, began to emerge beside the orb. He too stood in the swamp, the water up to his chest, holding a lantern that now contained an orb. 
She looked around to see where the other balls of light were, but they were gone. She stared at the man, whose features were shifting from dark silhouette to distinctive. Who are you? she asked, still wondering if the specter in front of her was one of good or of ill. The being's mouth curled into a grin, but he said nothing. He lifted his other arm from the murky water and grabbed at her, his palm pressing her head beneath the swamp's surface. She fought to take another breath to escape his grasp, but something supernatural held her. That she knew. The moments stretched into minutes, but that couldn't be possible. She'd never have been able to hold her breath that long. As soon as she realized that, she noticed she was breathing, despite still being underwater. She opened her eyes and saw a monster staring back at her. Every inch of it seemed familiar. It was heavy with sleepy eyes, a downturned mouth, gray, wiry hair floating in the murky water. Its back was curled as if it had been carrying a load for far too long. Wrinkles dug deep into its brows. Then she understood. It was her. Her former self. The monster reached for her with the saddest, most sympathetic expression. The monster pulled her from the specter's grasp. When she stumbled out of the swamp, she glanced back and saw the orbs still there, still calling for her but she wouldn't go back. Instead, she wandered the forest until she found a break in the trees. A chill ran down her spine when she saw a light shining through the kitchen window. The monster had left it on for her. She silently thanked her former self for that and for saving her from whatever darkness she'd met in the swamp. After changing out of her wet clothes, she put on her cozy sweater and joggers. She lit a pumpkin harvest scented candle and put on some tea. She then curled up with a notebook and wrote out all the things she'd hoped to shed during this season. Her heart was warmed, knowing that old things dying away always leave room for something new. The term Fufale means fire in the marsh. Considered by many to be fairies of the swamp, the Fufale have been a staple in Louisiana folklore. They're said to be small orbs of light that are sighted in the trees near the ground around the swamps, marshes, and bogs. Some believe them to be spirits or even ghosts of loved ones past. Sightings of these mysterious lights go beyond the swamps and into the haunting shadows of South Louisiana's cemeteries. According to a Lake Charles article on the subject, the Bilbo Cemetery has recorded sights since the 1840s. The legend of the Fufole has been a part of Cajun oral tradition for centuries. Tales of the Fufale 
are often coupled with another light spectacle in folklore called Will-o'-the-Wisps. These small, mysterious balls of light lure unsuspecting travelers off the beaten path and deeper into the woods, away from the safety of the known and into the eerie grasp of the unknown. Many report the strange illuminations around the bogs of England, but they've been seen worldwide and are called by many different names. Just like the Fufale, Will-o'-the-Wisps have an evil nature about them. Though they seem innocent, many believe they will lead to a traveler's ultimate demise. Considered to be carried by spirits who have been banned from both heaven and hell, Will-o'-the-Wisps have been cursed to the earth. They haunt and raise havoc for the living. Some sightings include a ball of fire like a lantern or torch carried by a dark, shadowy figure. But the figure can't be clearly seen, despite the light. These ghostly men have some fascinating origin stories. Will-o'-the-Wisp is short for William of the Wisp. The story goes that a blacksmith named William died and went to heaven and met St. Peter at the Golden Gates. William was such a naughty man that St. Peter asked him to try again and do better in a second life. But William did not do better the second go-round. His deeds were monstrous, so St. Peter cursed him to roam the land forever. The devil must have had sympathy for wicked William, because he gave him a piece of coal to warm himself on bitterly cold nights. Instead of using the coal for warmth, though, William made it a torch and lured people into danger. It turns out there was no hope of William ever making a good choice. The tale of Jack-o'-lantern is similar. The lantern is carried around by a man named Jack. Jack was a drunk who sold his soul to the devil so that he'd pay for his bar tab. When the devil came to collect Jack's soul, after settling his debt, Jack lured the devil into a tree. Jack then drew a cross under the tree, trapping the devil. Later, when Jack finally met his natural death, he was rejected from heaven and had to beg the devil for a place in hell. But the devil chose to exact his revenge and cursed Jack to wander the land with only a small flame to see by. These tales connect the light to the dead, just like the legends of the Fufule. In an article published on November 19th of 1846, the author recalls the tales of these devilish entities, accusing them of being the incarnation of sin. It reads, There are hundreds of will-o'-the-wisps and jack-o'-lanterns. They take all sorts of shapes. At one time, it is as bright as a friendly lantern, and at another, as cheerful as a taper in a cottage window. But it is always dangerous and deadly. It has fine skin and a poisoned tooth. Like a firework, it sparkles and then becomes dark as midnight. Like Satan himself, whence it springs, it promises pleasure to inflict pain and only gives delight to ensure destruction. 
goblins, witches, and even unbaptized children have been said to carry these mythic torches, beginning the lore surrounding the strange lights in the dark. Even the devil himself is said to enjoy the activity. We talk a lot about the woods and the forest on this podcast. It's a place near to my heart. It's where the mystery is found. It's the heart of many fairy tales. And it's the place where we do our shadow work. Whatever is unacceptable is part of our shadow. The forest is a shadow in literature, folklore, and in life. It's the place we can hide, bury, or resist the not-so-good sides to ourselves. If the Fufalei or Will-o'-the-Wisps are meant to lure us into that darkness, they would appear scary. But our monsters can't be beaten without first being faced. That's what shadow work is all about. We often explore it through the safety of story, which is exactly what I do here on the podcast every episode. According to Louisiana's lore, a fufale cannot cross iron. Placing the iron into the ground between the traveler and the fufale will keep the spirit from crossing. One story I read suggested taking a pocket knife and staking it into a fence post. It's said that the wicked fairy would then begin playing with the knife and leave the traveler alone. Do little evil fairies or ghosts or cursed spirits haunt the bogs of Louisiana and all around the world? Or is there another explanation? There turns out to be a natural explanation for the phenomena. Swamps and bogs are stagnant water deprived of oxygen, which is the ideal environment for bacteria and microorganisms to thrive. These organisms consume dead plant material and release methane and phosphine gas. Phosphine is believed to be the cause of the eerie, mysterious orbs. Some scientists say that phosphine will spontaneously combust. Others believe that the orbs are actually bioluminescence, similar to that of a lightning bug. I live near a marsh and haven't yet had the experience of witnessing the fufule. Whether the strange lights are connected to the dead, or the devil, or are simply a natural occurrence, there's no clear answer. It's the feeling, the goosebumps, the hairs standing on the back of the neck, the spooky vibe you feel deep in your gut that speaks louder than any science. Deep down, our ancient souls know when there's danger. It's up to us to listen. Should you ever come in contact with the Fufale, remember, this time, don't follow the light. Many thanks to Jessica Abbott for suggesting this topic. If you have a suggestion for an episode, you can email me at vanessa at fablecollective.com or message me on Instagram at fablecollective. If you'd like to support the show, you can become a patron or make a one-time donation via PayPal or Venmo. I'll leave the links to those in the show notes. Until next time, thank you for listening and happy spooky season.